Hey, this is Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder, and I've been on that show. It's a good show, I think. I have to, I'm still figuring out how to listen to podcasts. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, Neil Brennan on the daily challenges of being a professional stand-up comedian. Comedy is the only profession that you wake up in the morning and think, I have no idea if I'm going to be able to do it. Several times a day I go, I may never say another funny thing again. The Family Research Council insists that if you don't hate gays, then you're really filled with hate. We have a song from Mike Travers and Andy Hawk uh, helping each other out. But first, as always, fake news. Now, fake news with me. President Obama said the new Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture will do more than simply keep memories alive. It will inspire people with stories of how ordinary Americans can do extraordinary things. Said AM radio talk show hosts across the land about the new facility. How come there's no museum of white history? Oh, yeah, because that's every other museum. There was a settlement in the civil lawsuit filed by John Edwards' former mistress over ownership of an intimate video she made with the former presidential candidate and other items ABC 11 News in Raleigh is reporting. Edwards has more legal challenges ahead. He was indicted last year on felony charges of using more than $1 million from campaign donors to help hide his pregnant mistress during his presidential bid. Edwards is now just one of many politicians who have no chance of ever being elected to high office due to an extramarital affair. And that includes Gary Hart, Elliot Spitzer, and Newt Gingrich. Oh, no, wait a second. Pope Benedict XVI, if I read my Roman numerals correctly, has begun tweeting daily for the season of repentance leading up to Easter, according to Vatican Radio. As part of a social media outreach, the Vatican had a blogger summit last year as well to encourage Catholic voices to help spread the church's message. And just last month, they produced a YouTube video of the pontiff trying to jump over the Pope mobile on a skateboard. Dude, I can totally do this. Basketball and media phenom Jeremy Lin filed last week to trademark the term Linsanity. The move through the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office would give him exclusive rights to put the signature term on a variety of products, including clothing, mugs, and oddly, Lindsay Lohan. According to USA Today, more women are using firearms for recreational purposes, including target shooting and hunting. Young women in particular are becoming very interested in guns, and upon hearing this news, Ted Nugent threw out his supply of Viagra. He doesn't need it anymore, you see. And that's been Fake News with me. Bit of a controversy in North Carolina a week or so ago. Uh, Fox News, tell us more. A preschooler brought her own school to lunch, her lunch to school rather. She, it was packed by her mom. She had a turkey sandwich, a banana, apple juice and chips, right? But apparently the school stepped in. They decided that actually was not nutritious enough because it was missing the all important vegetable. Even though she had apple juice, she also had the banana. So they took away her food and marched this little girl over to the lunch line for which she had to pay $1.25 for her lunch and they gave her chicken nuggets instead. The lunch didn't contain any vegetables. Well, of course it did. She had apple juice, she also had the banana. 
Okay, so agriculture, not a strong suit of the Fox News team. And uh, this is a little bit disconcerting, I would agree. Uh, actually, the reason that this happened was because the girl didn't have any milk in her lunch, but uh, more on that later. Now, can we talk to someone from the school? Uh, how about the USDA, whose guidelines seem to be behind this incident? No. Uh, the reporter from the local newspaper who first broke the story? No. Uh, how about someone who can reinforce the Fox News narrative of government taking over our lives? Oh, good, good, good. Who have you got? I, I, I'm joined now in this baffling story by Peter Sprague, who is a senior fellow at the Family Research Council. The Family Research Council? Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this lot, but their main area of research seems to be discovering new ways to hate gay people. And I'm also not sure why they're the go-to experts here, except, of course, that they're against government interfering with people's lives, particularly Mr. Sprigg here, who uh, tested to this notion a few months earlier on MSNBC's Hardball with Chris Matthews. Mr. Matthews, your question to Mr. Sprigg. So we should outlaw gay behavior? Uh, yes. Now, the Family Research Council has since been labeled a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center, and the head of the FRC, Tony Perkins, took exception to this, adopting the junior high defense strategy of, no, I'm not, you are. To be silent uh, when it comes to homosexual behavior that's both harmful to society and, more importantly, to the individuals who engage in it, to be silent, that is, in fact, hateful. We don't hate gay people, but if you don't hate gay people, then you hate gay people, which we certainly don't. We just want them thrown in jail. Okay, back to this cafeteria situation. Fox News, fair and balanced. What's the other side of this story? <laughs> who says sound effects aren't funny? Uh, okay, local news in Raleigh, the Eyewitness News Center. What say you? Fred Shropshire is live in the Raleigh Eyewitness News Center with the latest on this talker. Fred? Tisha and Steve, the Division of Child Development and Early Education released the findings of its investigation and a statement this evening denying the claim. But the child's grandmother says the child told her mom otherwise. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. She asked her, do you not feel good? Why did you not eat your lunch? Well, they told me I couldn't. That's the story from a grandmother who wants to remain anonymous. Okay, well, that's a little weird, but uh, whatever. Um, but as it turns out, what happened was, and I uh, was able to cobble this together from some other news sources, is that uh, the little girl didn't have milk with her lunch. It wasn't uh, the problem of having a vegetable, as our friends at Fox News ascertained. But uh, she didn't have milk with her lunch, so they sent her up to get milk, and she misunderstood and dumped her lunch that she brought, and then they gave her chicken nuggets and... Uh, although I'm kind of wondering, what if the girl could not tolerate lactose? What if she had no tolerance for it, as Jerry Seinfeld would say? Um, but that's what happened, and uh, that was what, what all the mix-up was about. Now, you know, I, the, the school does, uh, you know, I thought this was going to be some kind of a bogus thing where this is, you know, as the story came out, that it would, there were some kind of shenanigans going on with this being some kind of a setup. But no, the school says uh, the incident did happen, but not exactly the way it was being reported. Okay. But, um... It's just uh, kind of hilarious to me that if we get the Family Research Council on the case uh, because they don't want the government interfering, you know, in the lives of, of our of our children and, uh, and our schools. And, you know, well, okay, fair enough. But I think there would be a place for criminal sanctions against homosexual behavior. Okay, so maybe I'm being presumptuous. Maybe I'm giving in to stereotypes. But um, listen closely to Mr. Sprague. Martha, when I first heard this story, I thought, surely this has to be an urban legend. Yes, from what we've been able to piece together here, the school did overreach its bounds in interfering with the child's lunch. But uh, don't you think Mr. Sprigg is fighting certain urges to uh, 
keep from putting certain things in his mouth. Neil Brennan is a stand-up comedian probably best known as the co-creator of Chappelle's show, along with Dave Chappelle, of course. He also co-wrote the screenplay for the film Half-Baked, also with Dave Chappelle, and he continues to be a popular touring stand-up comedian. Here is our interview with Neil Brennan. Hey, joining us on PS Tape Recorder, it's comedian Neil Brennan. Neil, how's it going? Yeah, fantastic. You know, I was going to say that uh, it's been a while since we spoke, but I think I was thinking of your brother Kevin is who I spoke to. <laughs> when I don't uh, think we've yeah, ever that, that happens, spoken. Uh, that happens from time to time. Kevin does it in Cincinnati a lot, doesn't that, he? That, then it was Kevin I spoke to, yeah. Um, but uh, you're a pretty huge deal, and the folks probably know you uh, from having co-created Chappelle's show. Yeah, that's what I would be, uh, that's probably what will be on my uh, my obituary, I would think. Yeah, but nay, not a bad thing to have on, on your tombstone, eh? No, 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 you could do way worse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, that's the thing that uh, I may, I've come to grips with the fact that I may never top it. Well, you know. Uh, but having said that, I am, uh, I would like to be a, uh, I'm a pretty good stand-up, so hopefully I can, People, I'll be known for that also. Yes, yes. Well, I remember reading an interview with, uh, they were talking about uh, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, and people were all knocking on him, going, oh, people say he's a genius because he didn't want an album. And uh, who's the Smashing Pumpkins leader? His name escapes me all of a sudden. Um, Billy Corgan. Billy yeah. Corgan. Billy Corgan said, well, yeah, but what else do you have to do besides that sound? So, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, that's the, me, I talked to Chappelle about this recently where uh, where we were, we were just talking about how I can just spend a day not doing anything. Meaning, just like I, and he goes, "Yeah, we got good brains, man. We can just daydream." Yeah, yeah. I, entertainment stuff. So I was a space cadet before the show, so uh, so now I'm just like a more of a space cadet. Just kind of like not. I'm not a loopy guy, but I just can really space out for oh, long. I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah. I, in fact, I was driving down the freeway today thinking, I used to have a, a, a gig writing for a, a local radio show here in Cincinnati called The Gary Burbank Show, which um, a, a lot of people know, surprisingly a lot of people don't know, but I was thinking, that's the coolest job I'll ever have, probably. But, you know, I'd rather have had it than not had it, so. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's work backwards here. Now, who was in stand-up first? Was it you or your brother? Did you guys dare each other to go into it, or how did the... Uh, no, it was my brother. Okay. Um, he was like, I was in high school when he started. So, so I've known, like I grew up kind of in, not in clubs, but I would visit probably once every, a, a bunch of times a year. I lived in Philly, he lived in New York. So, and he worked the door at the improv with David Tell, like him and David Tell were best friends. So I've known it Tell since I was a freshman in high school. Okay. So, yeah. Um, did you guys kind of influence each other, or do you guys have distinct styles? Because I know a lot of brothers who uh, are funny. I don't funny. think I've influenced him uh, uh, even an iota. Um, oh, okay. 
but I, but yeah, like I think definitely that's the 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 thing is like I've known a, t- a lot of comedians in New York ended up doing a tell style. Yes, and but I was I was way ahead of them in that I when my voice was changing during puberty, I modeled it after my brother and Atel's voice. Huh. Um, so, so I like went, I went to the source. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so he, I, I, I don't think I've influenced him at all. Growing up, do you guys? I'm curious because I, I know two brothers who are very funny, but one, uh, one does like funny songs, um, along the lines of a Nick Thune and the other is a, a college professor, but they're both hysterically funny both supportive of each other, but slightly different senses of humor. So I'm curious, did you guys find the same things funny growing up, or did you guys turn each other on to different things that were funny? Like, you got to check this out? Because my brother and I are five uh, years apart. I think so. he, I mean, you know, just by merit of me visiting him, um, we, you know, like, just by merit of, of me visiting him, it was, it was, he was showing me, like, whether he knew it or not, it was like, the guys he was doing shows with and in the first time I went to visit him in New York, I saw Brian Regan uh, live. This is in nineteen eighty eight. Wow. Um, and and let me be clear, he crushed then. So when people were like, Brian Regan's funny, it's like, oh no, he's been funny. <laughs> he's been he it's he, he never stopped being funny. Um, so uh, so so yeah, so he definitely showed me uh, way more than I, I mean, I guess the only thing I may have showed him more was like black stuff. Um, uh, in that I was more, I had more black comedy friends than he did. Okay. Not many more, but a few more. Mm-hmm. But the only reason I made them was because I started working at a club in New York, uh, in during college, uh, I started working at a comedy club, working the door and, it was during like the the launch of Def Comedy Jam, so okay, like guys around, and also just my age, like I was more susceptible to hip hop than he was. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, a lot of uh, about that time, yeah, that, that would make sense. Uh, when you were in college, yeah. did you have any plans to have a, a a career other than something in comedy, or were you just? No, it... I never thought. No, I literally never thought. Even in high school, I thought I'm going to be in comedy. Well. Um, what was your major in college? Film, and it was NYU Film School. Oh, okay. So, you know, yeah, it was a, it was a legit school. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, it was it was legit. So so it was you know I I had some I got into NYU so so I guess I had some talent and it was a you know I'm glad I went to NYU and that just going to film school is helpful and just in terms of makes you develop the sensibility and look at film critically and stuff. Yeah. So then then uh, so then when I started kind of getting into writing and stuff like that, I could have a sensibility, you know. And it helped out when I guess when you started doing T V or no? Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's indispensable. I mean it's yeah, beyond beyond helpful. So do you still use that uh, skill or are you concentrating more on stand up these days? No, I think it's all the same kind of, you know, I think it's all kind of uh, the same skill, if that makes sense. I mean, I think yeah. a lot of comedy is just writing jokes that that work for 
audiences and your peers. Like the people that do the best and have the longest careers are the people, you know, George Carlin, Bill Hicks, Stan Hope, Chris Rock, Dave, Eddie, on and on and on, are the guys that are respected by their peers and are respected by audiences. And I think guys that have short careers are guys that just go, screw it, screw my uh, peers, I'm just going to get audiences. And then they get audiences to burn really hot for a little bit and yeah. they kind of come out. And I think film filmmakers are the same way where it's like, you know, you need to get, you know, Martin Scorsese's movies work for for his peers and and audiences. I, and some, uh, to, to varying degrees, or Quentin Tarantino's movies work for audiences and his peers. You know? Uh, and I think that that's, that's the, that's kind of the, the name of the game. So I, I think that's a good lesson. I don't know, I think that's, I don't know if I learned it per se, but it's definitely a good lesson too. Uh, maybe I just ingested it and, and kept it handy. So do you find that it influences uh, your your stand-up in the long run? Uh, yeah, I mean, I try to write... I, I don't... It's hard to say. I mean, some of my jokes are fairly visual, but so I don't know if that's from, you know, going to film school or... or, or but a lot of people's jokes are visual that didn't go to film school. So I don't... You know, part comedy is part visual. Sure. Um, no. So I don't... I, it's hard to say. It's hard to say, like, I'm, I am that way because this, you know? Yeah, if, if it's a collection of all those experiences. Yeah, it's, potential, yeah, it's potentially, but I'm not, I couldn't say for sure. So what would you ultimately like to do with uh, the comedy? Make, make a film, a, a big film, or get back into TV? Or... Uh, what, do I, what would I like to do? I mean, right now I really love doing stand-up. So I'm just going to do that. I'm going to do a half hour for Comedy Central. I'm going to do an hour. Um, and uh, I'm not dying to get back into TV or not. I mean, I just made a pilot on spec, and hopefully somebody will pick it up. But I think there's a lot of stuff. I think TV is almost like... the uh, uh, Production is so cheap now, and that you, you're better off just having your own YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, which, I'm, which I'm getting into. And uh, just because I can, I can write and direct stuff, so all I need to do is cast it. I can write, direct, and edit, so all I need is casting sets and music, which people are willing to sort of, casting's easy, sets is slightly more difficult, costs some money, and music, I'm friends with a lot of musicians who owe me favors. <laughs> well, uh, given the proliferation of things like YouTube, don't you think there's still something unique about going to a comedy club and seeing comedy Oh, live? yeah, no, no, I don't mean that. I'm not saying oh, no. in terms of you, like, oh, yeah. YouTube channel. I think there's a difference between a YouTube channel. Uh, those are two different questions. I'm, I, I right. use that. Uh, I'm just saying, as, though, that... The, the television. I'm saying, yeah, dude, there's nothing like... That's why wherever someone goes, I've never been to a comedy show, and if they say to me... And or they say about another show they went to. It's like there's you will laugh two hundred times at a comedy show if it's good. Yeah, I mean, not two hundred, but you'll laugh fifty times if you have a rough sense of humor. And say that what movie have you ever laughed that much at? That's true. You know? Yeah, yeah. Even uh, airplane. The same amount of time. It's just, that's why I like this kind of TV. I like is a little more potent. Like I like. SNL, I like Conan, I like Fallon, I like, 
But I mean, I like stuff that's like packed. I like Bill Marshall. I like stuff that's packed with laughter. I don't really like story narrative shows like where you know I can't find my jacket or whatever. Yeah. Although Seinfeld's really funny. Like I just like shows that are. I like the. I like kind of potent comedy. So that's the. That's the beauty of. Of stand-up is like you. It's it's built to be. It has to be potent. Okay, now by the time this uh, episode plops, you'll be finishing up at the in Vancouver at the comedy festival. There is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah. then you'll be coming to Cincinnati. When is this, air? this this will probably plop on Sunday. Plop is that what you call it? Yeah, I got that from Doug Benson. <laughs> That's what he said oh, on God. his podcast. Just stuck, um, something is, stuck is in it, my head. Is it partially? Is there is there a uh, is there like a, a print? Part of this or no? Well, the, uh, the I will uh, steal parts of this to run in Cincinnati oh, City. All right, cool. That's what I was. All right, cool. Yes, yeah, so that'll be uh, that'll be uh, for folks out there listening. That will be online probably Monday or Tuesday at citybeat.com. Just type Neil Brennan right. in the search bar, and uh, also uh, the street copy for folks living in Southwest Ohio. Street copy will be out on Wednesday at all the finer uh, restaurants and eating establishments around town. That and it, and at Go Bananas, of course, too. Pardon me. Street copy. C- Cincinnati City Beat, and the street copy is the is the uh, vernacular for the uh, actual physical copy of the paper. We call oh, okay, that the street cool. that copy. Like the That's journalism talk. <laughs> that home says, so. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I know. Street vibes is that's that's street vibes. Oh, got it. All right, cool. Yeah. Which uh, I think street vibes only has a street. I don't know if street vibes has a website. How ironic if they did. Um, How ironic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but they, they do have internet cafes, so I guess actually it would kind of make sense. I guess it's not as as funny as I That'd thought. It'd be funny if they had ads for spe- they had online ads for specific homeless guys. <laughs> like go give go give uh, Jerry a dollar fifty. What he's down in the corner of uh, Walnut and Fourth. They should. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyhow, you were saying. Yes. Um, so, and where are you going after Cincinnati? So folks can look. For, uh, other folks around the country can. Cincinnati. I'm going. Well, I'm going. Uh, I'm going to Cincinnati, and then I'm doing Columbus and okay. Cleveland also. Well, there you go. Doing the whole uh, Ohio trifecta. Uh, I'm doing the whole Ohio. I'm doing a whole run. Cool, man. All right. Well, I think you'll have a good time. I'm from uh, Cleveland. Yeah, no, I was there last summer. It was, it was a good time. I, I'm from Cleveland. I live in Cincinnati, so I've been in all points in between. So I went to and went to college in oh, okay. Northwest Ohio. So, super. Well, uh, sounds like things are going great for you, uh, sir. And um, uh, yeah, no complaints, man. Great, I mean, great. You know, so far, so far, so good. Well, thanks for taking the time. You know, here. The, the only thing to do yes. now is just, uh, I'm just at the whim, whim of my own ideas. Like I just have to hope I keep generating ideas. That's a great place to be, though. I was talking about. I was talking to my buddy Bobby Lee today about comedy is the only profession that you wake up in the morning and think, I have no idea if I'm going to be able to do it. <laughs> like, you don't, for, lawyers don't forget about law. Yeah. Like, where, like, I, you, lawyers wake up and it, they never think, like, I might as well have not gone to law school or med <laughs> school. It's like the worst. In comedy, every, several times a day I go, I may never say another funny thing again. That may be it may be over for me. Hmm. Uh, and it's it's right. Hmm. As a writer, I don't, I don't think I've ever thought that, but now that's going to be in my head. So thanks. <laughs> uh yeah, it could end at any time, my friend. Oh jeez, wow. You're on borrowed time. And I've got to put together the the, the sketch that actually is going to the magical of time shifting. The sketch that's going to precede this interview, I still have to write. So hopefully, it will have come off okay. I don't know. Time will tell. 
Yeah, God bless you. Godspeed. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Neil, for, for screwing up the rest of my uh, podcast. And, uh, my we'll, pleasure. We'll try to check you out in Cincinnati uh, next week. And uh, all folks should do the same. And uh, we'll post all, uh, of course, we'll post your uh, the website and, and where folks can find you for the next couple of weeks as well. Thanks again, Neil, for doing this at the last moment. Have fun in Vancouver, BC. Here it's a great uh, time. Thank you, man. All right, super. All right, talk to you later. All right. All right bye bye. Travers, please report to aisle four. Got a job working today. You won't believe what they pay. Seven twenty-five. Give a minimum work for the minimum wage. Give a minimum work for the minimum wage. You got time to lean, you got time to clean, or so I'm told. trash they think I'm gonna do all that well they can kiss my butt give a minimum work for that minimum wage minimum work for that minimum wage I hate working and doing my share If I could get paid to play video games, I'd be a millionaire. Sleep till noon, never shower, hey, that's a lot for me. You can't pay me by the hour, I'm just too lazy. I'll give you minimum work for your minimum wage. I'll give you minimum work. For your minimum wage My regional manager is here today Gave me a promotion and a raise in pay Now I'm in charge of seven people and I'm ecstatic But I gotta tell you they just got no work ethic They give me minimum work For my minimum wage Minimum work For my minimum wage That was either Andy Hawk being helped out by Mike Travers or Mike Travers being helped out by Andy Hawk with a song called Minimum Work. Uh, Mike sent me the song, but it's Andy doing the lead vocal, so I'm not really sure uh, how that breaks down. 
Thanks again, though, to Neil Brennan for being our special guest. Neil is at Go Bananas in Cincinnati, March 8th through the 11th. His podcast, The Champs with Neil Brennan, Moshi Kosher, and DJ Dog Pound, is available in iTunes. As always, if you go to the Podbean page for this podcast, pfradio.podbean.com, we'll have all of the appropriate links. Make sure you leave a rating there, too, as this is more important than ever. A disgruntled Ted Nugent fan left a one-star rating for episode 31 last week. Or it might have been a disgruntled Mark Maron fan, I don't know. Or maybe someone just truly thinks this show sucks. I'm not sure. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. PF Tape Recorder logo by Dan Koble. Follow him at TigerDactyl on Twitter. Music written and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me, except for that little snippet at the end of the Family Research Council piece that was Small Town Boy by Bronski Beat, I Claim Fair Use. Uh, it made a nice punchline to that gag. Anyway, that's all I've got. So long, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.